Hello, Eugene. Can you hear me? Yep. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. That's good. Thank you for, for doing this. Um, we're just, uh, after speaking on the Legends podcast last year, we're just uh, following up with everyone and doing a, uh, an extra time pod. Um, so I appreciate you making some time. And I just wanted to go into you. We did speak um, about you being captain on the podcast and we, you know, it was an honor and, and all those things, but I just thought we'd dive a little deeper into that. Um, and so let's talk about you as a captain, you were given the role and like what, what type of captains did you look to or what did you look for in a captain? Because I think rightly or wrongly, people assume that, you know, it's defenders or midfielders that make the best captains and strikers and, and keepers aren't usually the first choice. So what did you look for in a, in a captain and what are your thoughts on, you know, those players that supposedly make the best captain on the pitch? Yeah, I think everyone in their own right, um, you know, all the leaders, they, they kind of, they lead in different ways. Um, you know, they're not all the same. They have different qualities um, and, you know, different temperament type things. So, you know, I, I looked at my time that the leaders or the captains I played with and, you try to take the best bits out of all of them. Um, you know, I had uh, Kevin Musket down at Melbourne Victory. I had uh, Travis Dodd at, uh, when I first come down to the club. Um, and you just try to, you know, get the the good things you think that think and, uh, you know, develop yourself. You don't try to change yourself too much in terms of personality. You try to stay the same, but you always want to develop as a leader. And um, you, look, you look for the um, good things in people and you try to develop that way. Yeah. So how did you see your, like, did you set out to be any specific type of captain? I mean, you know, we've spoken before and said the, perhaps you're a little quiet and reserved off the pitch and, uh, but on it, obviously as a keeper, you're directing traffic anyway. So you need to be speaking and communicating, but you know, like, yeah. How did you see yourself as a captain? You're not necessarily a rah-rah kind of a, kind of a guy. Yeah. I, um, I tried to, you know, talk when I need to talk. I didn't want to, I don't kind of talk too much, kind of a quieter kind of person. But, you know, I got told, uh, you know, after I retired, I, I met a former player and he, he told me I'm the captain where I don't talk much, but when I talk, people listen. So, um, you know, you, you do get some guys that, that you know, scream and yell, and um, but then they, it kind of loses its value. So um, I didn't try to develop and, and change my personality, obviously you have more responsibility being a captain, but just tried being myself. I kind of had that thinking where, um, you know, someone wanted me to be the captain because of who I am. So I didn't want to change too much. Um, but obviously your responsibilities change a little bit, but other than personality and, and the way you go about things on the football field and off the football field didn't really change. I try to be as professional as I could be and try to get, you know, people to follow me. Yeah. So being that you were a keeper and like I said, you know, like strikers and uh, keepers aren't necessarily the first choice. Like, did you feel, did you feel any kind of pressure or did you feel like you needed to be a bit more vocal or was it literally you're just going to lead by example and do what you do? Yeah. I just wanted to be myself and try to lead uh, the best I can. Uh, you know, I, I think anyone on the park can be a leader. Um, probably a lot of coaches probably think they want people in the middle of the pitch to, to, to lead more than, you know, a goalkeeper from one end or a striker from the other. I, I just think the best person possible should be 
should be the leader. Um, you know, you don't want to make someone to be a captain when they're not. Um, but you know, like I, I had, I had a lot of great people around me. Um, so I was obviously down one end, but you know, if you look at the team, um, when I was kind of captain, that kind of team we had when we won a championship, uh, I could almost say there was like eight leaders on the pitch, um, in that season, um, all types of different leaders. Um, you know, Bruce, obviously a natural leader and you can see where he is, uh, today. Um, you had Jakobo, who was just the winner on the pitch. We had, uh, Issa, who was, um, you know, a, a tremendous leader too. Then he had a different type of re- leader like uh, Ahmed Elric, uh, sorry, Tarek Elric, who, um, you know, he, he did everything off the pitch and, and made, a, made us have a kind of really good culture and got us together a lot and, you know, enjoyed having barbecues and stuff like that. So um, we had so many different types of leaders. Um, it was just a really good blend. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned culture there. So how how do you go about fostering that culture as a captain? Is it much the same as just being, you know, a player and a leader amongst the change rooms or as a captain, is there a little more added responsibility there? Oh, to be fair, we've always had a very good culture at the football club. Um, you know, from the moment I arrived, um, it was a really good group. And, you know, for, for us older boys, we just had to try to continue that and, and make it a, um, you know, just enhance that kind of culture. Um, I think it starts with the top, with recruiting players in terms of you want the right people at the football club, not just good footballers, but really good people. Um, and, you know, sometimes you don't get that right, but I think our club has, you know, overall got that, uh, you know, quite right. So that helps, uh, you know, a lot, getting the right people at the football club and then, you know, trying to just uh, get the new players to understand on how, how we uh, run as a football club and what kind of culture we want to lead. Yeah, you're right. And, and with foreign players, you know, to understand that culture as well, the Aussie, the Aussie football soccer culture is obviously a little bit, bit different. Um, And even just in terms of the climate, the training methods, the the hard pitches, those types of things. So, you know, how do you, how do you go about that in, in integrating everyone in? Like I'm, I know that, you know, we as a club and, teams would welcome foreigners in of course but um for some it, you know across the league it's been a bit of a challenge adapting so how do you how do you help them come in and sort of understand the lay of the land yeah it's uh you know the foreign aspects very important in terms of trying to you know keep that good culture um going and you know that's no different with Adelaide United you you know in Europe it's a dog eat dog world where you know you train hard um you don't really um you know, it's a, like I said, it's a dog, dog eat dog world. It's um, it, they they fend for themselves, they uh, fight for the position, they go home and they worry about training the next day. Where you know, as a teammate, everyone's close, and you know, it, what affects one person can affect three or four players in the team. So it's a very close uh, group. Um, you know, football clubs in not just Adelaide but in Australia, and I think that's the one thing. You know, especially in that era when I was captain, the, the Spanish boys. Um, they really adapted to it really well. Um, and that's credit to, you know, the, the leaders at our football club that I had, you know, with Bruce and Tarek and Jakobo, um really, uh, you know, made our group really tight. Yeah, it's the same for coaches too, right? Like, you know, foreign coaches come in, you had a couple while you were here. So again, I imagine there's a, a little bit of responsibility on your shoulders there to, to even help them. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, it's a, it's... The coaching side of it, I believe, is different too, due to the salary cap and 
you know, a, a coach, a foreign coach needs to understand where they can't just move on seven players and bring in seven players. And, um, you know, you got to try to keep the group, I wouldn't say happy, but understand, um, you know, the way he wants to do things. Um, you know, I think you could say Rennie probably wants to move a lot of these, a lot of players on. Um, and it really affected the whole group. Like I said, we're, everyone's close within the group. And when you kind of upset one or two boys, it, it does have a flow and effect. Um, and that was probably Rini's uh, downfall a little bit. Um, and you kind of almost see it um, with Gurchin as well. And uh, um, what he did to Kiddo, um, it doesn't affect just Kiddo. It affects a, a lot of the boys um, when, you ups, when you kind of get one person, you know, on the offside. And it does affect uh, more of the group than just, just individual. So yeah. um, it, it does take time for them to maybe understand that. Um, and the longer they're in the business, um, they do. Yeah. You mentioned obviously a couple of situations there. Did you, as, as captain or even now, but did you have to have any particularly hard like conversations with anyone and, you know, throw your arm around guys or, you know, speak to coaches and kind of, you know, represent the squad if it was, you know, perhaps a, a, an issue with a coach or other staff member? I think it, you, you, um, your responsibility as the captain is to make sure you know, everything is fine and individuals are fine. And, you know, if an individual comes late to training and they're consistently late, then, you know, you need to have a word and try to get them, you know, get the culture right and get everyone on the same page. I think that's just, you know, the way you want things to work kind of, uh, you know, you want to you wanna, uh, hold high standards between everyone. And, you know, as a responsibility of the older player, you try to do everything right for other people to follow. Um, and I think that's why... Around that time I was captain, um, we had a lot of these older boys that um, kept standards really high. Yeah. So being in goals as well, I like is do you feel you have a unique sort of view of the pitch as well to like, you know, just getting back to on field stuff and yeah, do you have yeah, a better view? Like you can see more of what's going on. Does do you think that's advantageous in being a captain? Uh yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Um you know, you, you do see the whole picture um, from from one of the ends. Uh, you know, the, the negative side is you're not always in the action and you're not always close to the action. Um, you're not close enough to the referee. Um, you know, but if you if you have good people around you, then you're kind of all on the same page and, and, and things work quite well. So, you know, I, that's what I kind of... Uh, you, you try to get people in that starting 11 that can, um, you know be a leader as well. And the more leaders you have, the, the better it is for the team. Yeah. I mean, obvious, the obvious one would be, you know, whether the, the vice captain is also being out there and relaying messages, but um, yeah. Did you have anyone in particular in the outfield that you, you sort of lent on to help deliver any messages? Like I said, I, I think around my five, five or six years of being captain, I had a, I had a lot of leaders on that pitch um, and all different types of leaders. Um, but I was the one with the armband, but, that's that's the only thing for me that was kind of different <laughs> me having the armband but it, we had about eight or nine leaders uh, on the pitch so uh and that does make life a lot easier and when you've got more leaders on the pitch you're more successful and that's that's why we um did win a few trophies in that era yeah you see you, you, you went and came back have you seen anything that sort of you know carried on since your time as captain or anything that you potentially put in place or, you know, just little things that maybe have carried on 
since your time here that you were like, oh yeah, that's that's something we we kind of brought in in, in my time. I, I just think that the cultures always, you know, even for my time, it was uh, very good at the club. Um, in my time, I believe it was good also, and it's kind of just carried on to to you know this current situation where uh, you know I think cultures that plays a big part in being successful and. Um, the, the boys we have at the football club now, um, no different to, you know, the time I had, they, they all get along, they all uh, work hard and they're all professional. So um, that's the only thing, you know, the, the three main things you can kind of ask for. Yeah. Did you have any uh, like role models or influences even outside of the game that you sort of took bits and pieces from in your leadership or uh, was it more so like those captains you mentioned earlier that you kind of, you know, use them as inspiration? Yeah, you try to take little bits off other leaders uh, as much as you can. Um, like I said, I had you know Kevin Musket at Melbourne Victory, who's not really well liked, but he has a he has a winning mentality, and you know sometimes he's he's crossed the line. Um, but you know you you try to take some of that winning mentality, the way he did things, to the other end of the spectrum in Travis Dodd, who is a great leader in his time as well, just a, a different type of leader where he's more, um, you know. Uh, casual, but in terms of that, you know, very comfortable with the players. And if you've got any problems, you can go up to him and, um, you know, you can lean on him. Um, so you try to take the, the good things out from each kind of leader. But in, the main thing is you just go try to be yourself and, um, you know, just be a professional and, and make sure always follow, follow your lead. Yeah, as a keeper, I, I expect that you probably need to keep a handle on your emotions anyway, but like when things are particularly tough or you're having a bad run or whatever, uh, how hard is it to, to be the one that is going to keep picking everybody up, keep it positive and, and keep everyone focused? Yeah, very important. Um, you know, like I said, everyone's different. I, I try to not play on the edge, but, you know, try to have install a winning mentality. And sometimes you do play on the edge a little bit and, um, you got to make sure you always don't cross that line and stay focused and um, stay disciplined. And um, I think if you have more, the more, more winners you have on the park, um, the more chance you're going to succeed. So you try to trying to play that way as much as possible. Off the pitch, a little bit different, um, probably a little, little bit more quieter. But on the pitch, um, you know, you need to change into that um, and have that mentality. Yeah. Did, do people that you know really well, whether it's family or friends or whatever? Did they say anything to you like, oh, gee, you're a, you're a different guy on the pitch? Or maybe they knew you that well that they just knew that that was who you are as a player. But did you ever, you know, experience anything like that where they're just like, oh, I've never seen you like that? Yeah, I have. Um, but I think that's just the nature of goalkeeping. I think yeah. you need to be vocal. You need to organise. You need to, you know, in myself, I demand a lot. Um, and, you know, you try to push players to be their best uh, off the pitch. You know, I, I'm probably more, a lot more quieter. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, uh, I, I've been told that when I do talk, people listen, and that's when I do talk, but I don't talk too much. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, that, that's that's just myself and not never change. That's just who I am, I suppose. Yeah, well, and I think that's how you've got to be, isn't it? I mean, yeah, if you're not yourself, then people aren't going to follow you. Yeah, correct. It's... Uh, don't try to be anyone you're not and um you know like i said be yourself and try to do the right things and on and off the pitch and um the aim is for people to follow and um yeah that, that's the main thing i suppose yeah well it I certainly translated to success so there's no questioning your style that's for sure so thank you eugene i appreciate you um 
going on a bit of extra time with us here and just sort of delving a little bit more into into the captaincy. It was a fascinating chat. So appreciate you making making time for me. No worries. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. All right, no worries. I'll catch you around the training track. Yeah, so much. Bye.